Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Rob Moore, and this episode is Product Launch Model, System, and Formula. So before we get into the details of creating a product launch for your new product or service or idea, your book or event, or whatever it is that's new, or you want to re-release something that you sell, just want to let you know, once again, I'm in Florida looking over the golf course. My son's been playing on all week. In case you hear balls, clubs, smashes, screams, shouts, or anything like that. Okay, so product launch, model, formula, and system. Now, the mistakes I made years gone back regarding new products or things that we had to sell was that I'd tell people that it's ready, when it's ready, and then keep bashing them to try and buy my thing once it's ready. And that was certainly the wrong way to do it. And I could never understand how Apple would get people queuing up days before, you know, pitching tents outside the shops. I could never understand how Coldplay or Radiohead or whatever your favourite band is, you know, would sell out in an hour for a stadium of 50 or 100,000 people or a whole tour where they might do three or 400,000 people on a tour and they'd sell out within half an hour and you just couldn't even get yourself a ticket. And I never understood how they did that. Now, whilst I'm not saying I'm Coldplay, I have studied a lot of launch formulas and models. I mean, I love business. I love being an entrepreneur, as I'm sure you do. And so I really enjoy learning about how this works. And I'm going to give you a little model and a system, which I think you can follow, which will help you launch or relaunch your products, services, ideas, systems, that will mean that you'll sell more, you'll create more intrigue and desire, you'll probably sell them faster, you'll probably build a bigger waiting list. So here we go. So the first thing is you need to make sure that what you're offering, you're launching, is what people want. And that was, again, one of the biggest mistakes I made years gone by. I'd, I'd sell or offer something that I wanted the market to have. And in a way, that's a bit ignorant. I, probably, I wouldn't say I was arrogant, but it, but it is arrogant or ignorant just to think that what you've got, everyone wants, or it's naive at least. And certainly if you're passionate about something, let's say you're a passionate cake maker or, or you're a passionate cook or whatever, and you love what you do so much, sometimes you're delusional to the fact that not everyone might love it or not everyone might want it. So what you do is you crowdsource the product. And crowdsourcing, if you listen to my last podcast, is where you involve your potential customers or buyers in the idea and the creation of the product. Now, let's say this is a book, for example, to keep it easy, because, hey, you know, book launches are it's a pretty standard thing, isn't it? You would well in advance, like three months before you're actually going to write it, which might be three to six months before you're going to launch it, you'd start asking your community, your customers, you'd do surveys and find out what they want to hear from you. What are their biggest problems, pains? What do they want to, you to start, to stop and to keep? doing in your business or if you're a celebrity or you're building your own personal brand, you know, what do they love hearing from you? What blogs do they love that you wrote? And you want to get them commenting. You want to reply to their comments to stoke the debate and the ideas. 
And this does more than one thing, by the way, for your for the start of your product launch. Number one is it means you're going to be offering something that you know people want because they told you. But number two, they told you what they wanted. And so you've seeded it in their mind that that's coming later on. So you get this early buy-in. You get this half expectation that it's coming. And also you involve them in the buying process because we all want to buy what we want to buy, but none of us want to be sold to. So if someone came to me with a, you know, for example, I'm, I'm looking out on this golf course, so we use golf clubs as the analogy. Let's say uh, Nike or Callaway came to me and said, hey, you know, we're designing these new clubs. What kind of clubs do you want? What, what's the length? What's the, what's the feel? You know, how, how do you want it steer for, flexi shaft? Do you want, how big do you want the club head? What, what, what kind of grip do you like? Do you like the tour wrap or do you like the standard grip? On the putter, do you like the fatter grip? Or the, and, and if they involve me in the in the creation of the product and then launched a product, which is exactly what they involved me in. I'm gonna buy it straight away. And I'm gonna remember when they involved me in it, even if it was six months or nine months ago. And that, that emotion or that memory will be anchored and brought back into the present moment. So crowdsourcing the product, the idea, the, the model, the service has many benefits early buy-in, they might even book the date of the launch because you can seed in when you're launching it, you can get them to book the date. It de-risks it being a product that they don't want, that the market doesn't want, and they're, they've sold themselves in on the product. So that's step one. And then step two is you create a bonus stack, if you like. Now, the mistake a lot of people make when they do launches is they, they have the product and they offer the product, but they don't give people a reason to buy it right now. Now, of course, Coldplay or Apple, you don't need a reason to buy it right now because you already love those brands or musicians, if you're a fan of them. But th that's been built over 10, 20, 30 years. They've built this fan base progressively over decades. They've got the goodwill of all the best gigs, of the best product launches, of the best albums. If you don't have that, then you need a sweetener for people to buy your product on launch. Now, for a launch to be successful, you want it lots of sales early. Now, there's, of course, nothing wrong with having your sales drip fed. But if you have your sales drip fed, your product doesn't go up the ranks or if it's music, it doesn't go up the charts. If it's on Amazon, it doesn't go high in the rankings in the sections. It doesn't get shared. So if, if you had the choice between selling a million books in a day or a million books in a year, and let's exclude the, uh, the delivery and the, the logistics, you should take a day because the whole world will know about it so much that they'll share it, that it will go viral if you get a lot of noise in a short period of time. So what you do is you offer an incentive for someone to buy your product, service, idea, system on a specific day or in a specific time frame. It might be an hour, a day or a week. And the bonuses can literally be your product broken down, two parts of your product taken out and created into bonuses. So for example, I already had my goals, visions and lifestyle blueprint document. And it was part of actually Life Leverage, one of my books. And I, I took it out from, as a chapter of the book, created its own PDF and designed it and added a few things in and gave it as a bonus for buying Life Leverage, whilst you know, a decent amount of, of it was still in Life Leverage. But what you're doing here is you're creating the thud factor perception that there is more in your offer, your stack, 
You know, so it's like having a bonus CD. You know, when you get the DVD and then you get a second DVD where maybe you get behind the scenes, maybe you get deleted scenes, maybe you get interviews with the musicians or the actors. And what this is doing is creating what's called a, a higher thud factor perception. So, hey, you may have some great bonuses that go really well that you can give with it anyway, but if you don't, look at what your package and your offer is, take a couple of them out of the main package and put them into a bonus package. Now, don't con people by, you know, creating ethereal bonuses that aren't of any value. It's got to be genuine, but it, it can be higher perceived value. It doesn't have to be high cost either because you could repurpose something into an audio format or a PDF format into a report, and it can be very low or no production costs. So when you launch, not only are you going to be launching a product in a very short window, an hour, a day, or a week, not only are you going to have crowdsourced it and already had pre-selling and pre-buy-in, not only are they going to have already booked the date, they're also going to be able to get some very attractive bonuses. Now, here's the, the, the critical part. They can only get them on launch, which means you take them away. You use reverse psychology and they can only get them for the launch period, whether that's the day or the week. And what that'll do is it'll, it'll mean that they'll book their diary and they will make sure that they you know, run over broken glass to get that your launch product in that launch period. And that's why those bonuses have got to be good. Now, if you're offering a book and you're giving a bonus million pounds, it's not going to be believable. If you're launching a book and they get a bonus four-word PDF document, that's not going to be valuable enough. So the, the bonus wants to be not so valuable that it's either not believable or doesn't quite match the value of the product, but it also doesn't want to be a throwaway or something people could get for free anyway. Otherwise, it's not going to compel them to go and get your product immediately. Okay, so that's step two. Step three then is you set the launch date. Now, the important part here is set it early. So do you remember I said at the start of the podcast that in days gone or years gone by, I maybe told everyone it was live now, but I hadn't given them the story, hadn't got them to book the launch date in, you know, didn't give them enough warning. And so then I'm trying to sell hard to them because I'm trying to convince them to buy it after the launch. That's not the best way to do it. The best way is to set the date a month in advance and then create a little bit of story leading up to it, which is step four, so I'll come to that. And then you're not pushing so hard, you're just telling some stories. Now, on that launch date, it's really important to give them a very short window, like I said. You might even set a specific time when it goes live, like midnight, and they may have a specific amount of time. So call a day, 24 hours, or call a day, 12 hours. Have a timer if it's a visual thing that they can see so that that time gets uh, reduces and then you have that urgency that they have to do it now. At least one month before you're launching, let people know about that. Now, with something like Apple, they'll be very careful in creating secrecy and mystery around the product launch. So I'm gonna put that as step 4A because creating a story is step four, and then step 4A is the mystery and mystique of that story. Now, it, if it's a book, you're not going to say, hey, I'm going to launch a book, but I'm not going to tell you what it's about until launch day, because people are going to want to know what it's about before. But if it is a valuable product, that a company that's very well known is going to launch a bit of secrecy until the launch date. I mean, they have to do it for IP, but that can be a great part of the process. So step four is you create your story. Step four A is you create mystery and intrigue around it. So the story leading up is just letting people know a bit about it, seeding in their mind 
what they're going to need to do and when. Seeding that maybe they're the last product sold out really quickly. So you create that scarcity and urgency that they need to do it now. Seeding any elegant stories in that are really relevant. For example, uh, you may know that I'm relaunching Life Leverage on May the 5th. Now, the relevance of that relaunch is that I launched it myself as a self-published book. Got to number two in all books in the world behind Lean and 15. And because of that, the publishers saw it because it was going mad in the charts. And they actually bought the book retrospectively off of me, which is a very rare thing to do. So if I was launching Life Leverage, which I actually am on May the 5th, I might tell you the story. I might say, hey, you know, you may have seen me launch it before, but I'm relaunching it again because the publisher bought the book off me because it did so well. That seeds in, you know, that it's good social proof that it did well. So I might tell you to book the date in. Now, thousands of people in the progressive community already bought Life Leverage. So how do I make this different? Well, I've got to create some extra bonuses that my followers, fans and community members haven't seen before. And that is step two in the launch formula. So step four, you've created a story. Step four A is you've created some mystique. Now, step four B, if it's a high ticket product launch, so if it's an information product or a course that might be a thousand or two thousand or, you know, it's a high value product where there isn't that pent up existing demand and urgency. I mean, when Ferrari bring out a new car or Odomar's Piguet bring out a new watch, everyone wants it already because they're the hundred and two hundred year heritage of the brand and the story is in the brand. But if you don't have that, uh, but you have a fairly high ticket item, I'd say £500 up, you may need to give content and lessons in your build-up story. So, you know, you might, if you're an information marketer, for example, or you're selling an online course, give them some education, teach them some stuff in the story leading up the month before, give them some really valuable nuggets that they can implement, not just teasing, but that, you know, strategy they can implement maybe from your course. I used to think that if you gave away good stuff about your course or book beforehand, people would go, oh, well, I don't need it anymore. The opposite is mostly true. If you give great information before you launch your product, they're going to go, okay, well, if, the, if, the, if what they're giving away for free is that good, then I need to buy it because it's going to be even better. So step 4B then is give some content and lessons and value throughout the storytelling process on the pre-launch, which is about the month before the launch. Okay, step five, and this is still before your launch date, is you want partners, affiliates, joint venture partners and list brokers or what we call CPA, which is cost per acquisition partners, to promote your launch for you. Hey, look, if you've got a huge database of 150,000 or more, your product launch might go really well just to your customers. But if you want it to go much bigger, then you'll want the following people to promote it for you. And they are different types of people. So 5A would be friends, you know, family or followers who just do it for you because they love your work. That's 5A and you don't have to pay them. They'll do it. They wouldn't necessarily want to be paid. They just do it because they love your work and they want to share your work. I mean, if Radiohead or Porcupine Tree or whoever else I'm into brought out a new album, I'd share that on my Facebook page if I loved it. And I wouldn't want people to pay me. I wouldn't want Radiohead to pay me £3 of the £12 CD because I just love the band. B, so 5B is affiliates. And affiliates are people who promote your launch, but they'll want a share of the commissions. Now, if it's a really low value product, like a book or a CD, you know, maybe you should pay them half or all of it. Otherwise, it might not be worth their while. And maybe you take your profit on the second purchase or the third purchase when you've got, uh, you know, other products and services in your, in your funnel. 
If you've got, of course, a high ticket item like 500 pound, 1,000, 2,000 or more, you could pay 20 to 50% of the sale to your affiliate and your affiliate could make really good money promoting you. So that's 5B. 5C are JV partners and, and with a JV partner, they promote for you and they don't earn anything from it, but they promote for you. But in return, when they do a product launch or bring out a new offer, you promote for them. So it's like a reciprocal joint venture, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And you know, we must have 30 or 40 partners that we regularly joint venture with. And uh, we, lo- we like to do it for people with a similar size of following and uh, businesses or offers that are in alignment or non-competitive to our customers because I don't want to offer my fans and followers and customers stuff they don't want. Otherwise, they're going to lose trust in me. So that's a joint venture. That's 5C. And then 5D is the CPA or the paid send and that or the list rental or the list broker where you'd find you'd basically rent or buy a send to someone who has a database that they regularly send to. So if, for example, in progressive property, we use net house prices and they have a, a huge database. I think it's 300,000 or something. And, and we're allowed to pay for a send where they send and promote something for us on our behalf in the marketing world that's known as a CPA or list rental. And they're the ways that you can get your launch out to the masses. Now, I used to always worry that if I did that, people might be on the same database two or three times and they might hear my message two or three times. I want them to hear my message four times, five times, seven times. I want the world to hear my message. And yeah, okay, you might have the odd person that doesn't like it or moans or unsubscribes. But hey, I'll take changing the world and making a difference globally uh, and having a few people who hate me and unsubscribe. I'd make that exchange because, hey, if you're not shouting loudly enough, no one knows anything about you and your products and services can't change the world if no one's there hearing it, ready to buy. Okay then, so step six is the pre-launch, maybe a few days or a week before, where you clearly identify the steps that people need to do before launch day. So that may be restating the, the bonuses, restating the urgency and scarcity of when they get those bonuses and when, when it's taken away the short amount of time they have for the launch, and importantly, what they have to do. So you have to make it very easy for them to buy your product. And I'll talk about that on the next step. You could also, in the clarity, in the pre-launch, you could give them an even more enticed bonus, if you like, where you give an extra bonus for the first limited number of people. So maybe if you're a band launching an audio program, the first thousand people might get the vinyl set free or just pay a small amount and get the vinyl as well. Or they may have VIP front row tickets for the first thousand buyers of the tickets, which is just that extra special sweetener to go immediately to queue up even before the launch date. They might even be pitching up tents and on hold hours before you launch your product too. So the next step, I think we're on six, we might be on seven, is just making it really easy for them to buy. So don't make them click five times and go through 15 different pages and hold for 20 hours and anything like that. You need to make it really easy for them to buy, which means you need a telesales team if you're expecting a big launch and you're gonna do some good sales, it means you've gotta make a, I mean, Amazon, they're brilliant because you just need one click and it's in your basket and paid for. You know, Apple and, 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 and the smartphones where you just literally flash your phone right near something and it takes your money. And it's really important to make it really easy to buy because if they have to go through too many steps or it's really difficult, 
then they just won't buy it and you'll lose out on loads of sales. Okay, then step seven or eight, whichever step we're on, is once you've launched, launched, then what you do is you ask other people to share the launch for you. So yes, you've had your, your marketing from your affiliates, friends, JV partners, CPAs, etc. But after that, so maybe your launch is still open, but you've kind of done all of the pushing that you can do on your launch, then what you do is you ask people to reshare it again, if they've done it already, or if they haven't done it, you ask them to reshare. If you've got communities, write a little post for them and get them to copy and paste that post onto their social media and you get it going wider and more noisy on social media. Now, while you're doing this and while you're in your launch, it's really important, so we'll call this step A, 7A, is that you engage. So people will go on saying, hey, I've just got the product or service. I've got Rob's Life Leverage. Can't wait to read it. So thank them publicly on social media. If people are trying to buy it and they can't, help them. So it's really important for you to communicate in the launch process, which means, hey, you'll obviously help bump those sales up because... You know, you'll help people make it easier to buy. You'll solve their problems. But B, it shows you're involved in the launch process and it will give people uh, trust and faith in you and social proof and, and not just that you're there just to sell stuff. So you go social, you're social, and of course you share it all on all of the social medias. And then step eight is you close the door. And it's really important that you have a, an end of launch, day, week, whatever, and you close the door. And whether you close the door and just then thank everyone for being involved, or you close the door because you sold out, that's up to you, that's fine. I mean, you know, Elon Musk recently launched the Tesla Model 3, and I think it was something like a $75 billion launch. It was crazy. It was one of the biggest launches ever. Now, sure, you might not have sold out necessarily, but it's important that you close the loop on the launch, whether it's by thanking everyone publicly or whether it's actually physically you say, hey, we're sold out, whether it's just batch one, because it, it kind of wraps a bow around it, but it also teaches everyone who didn't buy that next time when you launch, they were too late and they have to buy next time. So when you close the door, it's really important you don't let anyone else in. And then the last step, maybe this is step nine, is you create the waiting list. So you get people to put their name on a list, either for when you relaunch in the future, maybe like, for example, if Tesla had, uh, they had so many cars sold that they had to then manufacture them all and they'd sold more than they thought that they were going to and therefore it might take them three months to build more cars. So they stop, they create a waiting list, the worst thing you can do is try and fulfill too many orders that you can't fulfill. Otherwise, you create really bad PR. So you close the door, you create the waiting list, and then you get people to add their name to the list. And then that creates the hunger and urgency to open up next time. Now, you either open up in a, a week, a month, or a year, again, for a shorter window, if you're able to create more products and services, you're able to print more books and meet the demand, or it means that you've got an early bird list for your next book or your next product or your next service. So let's just reiterate those for you. So you uh, step one, crowdsource the product. So you get early buy-in, you de-risk not selling something people don't want and you concede in the offer early. Step two is you crowdsource the bonus materials and the bonuses are there to offer extra thud factor, perception of value and to get something special on launch. Step three is you set the launch date early and get people to set it 
early in their diary and you create a short window of opportunity that people can buy only so that there's scarcity and urgency to do it. Step four is you create the story. Step 4A is you create the mystique and the mystery around the story. Step 4B is you give some content and information and value through the story if it's a high ticket. Step five is you get other people to promote for you in the form of affiliates, joint venture partners, friends, family members and fans and or paid marketers through, you know, list renting, list brokering or CPA. The next step, which I think we're on, are we on five or six, is restate what they have to do and be very clear on the steps. Then the next step is that you create an, another bonus for the first part of the launch and set the specific time of the launch, like midnight, and only for the first hundred can they get the vinyl special edition with your CD and DVD launch. The next step is you make sure you make it really easy for them to buy with the minimum amount of steps in the process. The next step is to then get it launched on social through your social partners and friends and be involved in the story. Respond to all your customers who post on social media. Thank them. Be involved in the dialogue and the narrative while the launch is going on. Then you shut the door and then you build the waiting list. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast on product launch model system and formula. It's taken me 10 years to learn that. And that's why we sell stuff out way better than we did before. And that's also thanks to some feedback I had on some of my community pages where it was asked if I could share a product launch formula. So that's why I'm delivering it for you. So please, in the good spirit of sharing product launch formula, please do share the Disruptive Entrepreneur on your social media and to your databases. Please share the link. Let me know if you've shared it and I'll give you a free signed copy of Life Leverage. And hey, if you've got a big database or a big following and you'd like to maybe joint venture with us or maybe you'd like me to reciprocate working with you, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about that. Just email me at rob.more at progressiveproperty.co.uk. And hey, let's uh, make a difference and change the world together. So thank you very much.